You're listening to the Sonic Journal podcast, exploring sound recording and sonic experimentation. My name is Mike Raczynski, and these episodes focus on all sorts of elements of the work and creative practice that I'm involved in, experimentations, field trips, and accounts of what I get up to and how I see it. Sonicjournal.tumblr.com, blog entry, contact mics, capturing the sound from within. The requirement for contact mic use came about on this project from the opportunity to record quite an interesting location and subject, which was the fermentation of cider and perry in oak barrels. While I've been aware and have used contact mics in the past, mostly in live music settings, the opportunity has never arisen to creatively use such a method of capturing sound until now. So I was intrigued and quite keen to adopt and learn about this new technique of capturing vibrations. My aim was to record the bubbling of air created as a result of wild yeast fermentation in fruit juices in the making of cider and perry. This process can get quite wild and is audible, although the sound is subtle to the ear. So my thinking was that a contact mic attached to some part of the barrel or air trap would result in a strong, clear capture of the bubbling sound. But to get to this point of testing whether this would work, I would first need to source some contact mics, and after some research it became quite apparent that the DIY option of building these would be the best way forwards for what I needed. The mic build, components, processes, trial and test. There was a few different stages I would need to go through in order to successfully make contact mic elements. First was researching the process. So how would I actually build these units so they worked? Second was source the materials. And then lastly, testing and trialling out the units with some signal going through them to ensure the audio was good, signal was strong, and the sound was clear. So components-wise, I would need some cable, for which I used bits of Starquad Canal mic cable, which I had lying around, cut to size, some shrink wrap, wrapped around the end that would go into the element, and then some sort of holding for the piezo element. I would attach the piezo element onto onto the wires after stripping them and then set the element inside a plastic bottle cap with resin to hold it solidly in place. Once the resin had set, the piezo element was sealed in with the wires on the back of it so nothing would move. So it's important to keep it really steady and still while the resin was setting. I tested out a few different ways to do this with different size bottle caps, filing them down to different thicknesses and methods of holding everything steady while the resin was setting. I did actually try using putty to start with, which really didn't work very well because it just didn't set hard enough. 
I opted for a resin compound which set really clear and also incredibly solid. Once the elements had been set into place and dried fully, I sprayed them with a plastic coat covering to give a uniform finish. Put some heat shrink over the ends of the cables so I could add some labelling further down the line to make it nice and clear. And then experimented with attaching a magnet, which I'll go into later. Lastly, I just needed to attach a quarter inch jack socket to the other end of the cable so it would be easy to plug in a standard instrument cable which you could output then into a buffer and then into the recorder. After some research into contact mics and getting the most out of them in terms of frequency response, it seemed very clear that it wasn't okay to just have the contact element going straight into the recorder because of the nature of the piezo element, it effectively needs to see a high impedance before it then goes out to be recorded um, to get a full frequency range signal. So after some research, I discovered a little company called Fuzz Dog. They make guitar pedals and preamps and all sorts of things like that. They do quite a lot of DIY kits. After a conversation with a friend who lives locally, who's more clued up on this type of thing than I am, thanks Paul White, he put me onto Fuzz Dog and I ended up getting two sets of the uh, cream buffer which is a tiny little circuit board with the components, probably about, I don't know, three centimetres square. And you have to mount the components, solder it all on together uh, yourself. So you just get the board, you get all the components. So you really need a, a clamp and a very steady hand for soldering uh, and also a magnifying glass to be able to see the whole thing so you get it all in, in the right place and you don't make a mess of it. I built two of these, mounted them inside standard stomp box pedal enclosures and then just fixed on a, a battery snap to use a 9-volt battery. Once the buffer units were up and running and tested and working well, uh, I basically had to run some tests. So taking the contact elements, holding them onto various different things, testing them out, hitting stuff, beating stuff with different densities of beta because it turns out that it's more about the hitter and the beta that you're using in terms of the the sound that comes through into the element than the material that you're attaching it to unless the sound inherent already in it so for example you touch the element onto a motor or an engine which is already creating vibrations and creating sonics that are going through the external material. It worked really well, and I was really happy. The The difference between having the buffer and not having the buffer meant a huge load of low end, which pretty much dropped off, I'd say, from 200 hertz down without the buffer. With it, the frequency response was really excellent, and it was really deep, and the gong sounds when hitting really lovely resonant metal pieces were amazing metal bowls glassware um, metal chairs which had backs on them that had a really interesting character when struck everything like that they worked really well one challenge i came up against when testing out the contact mics 
was how to attach it to the different objects I wanted to record through. So initially it's just holding it onto them, but that becomes a bit difficult because you're having to hold it onto a certain things, hold your headphones, operate the recorder. There's only two hands and you can only hold them so steady when you're doing multiple other tasks. Tape is quite good. So just sticky tape, PV tape, maybe gaffer tape, tried a few different things like that. Works quite well. But then I thought also, depending on the material, if it's metal, which a lot of the time, a lot of the tests I was doing, it was metal. So pots, pans, wheelbarrows, engines, they're all made out of steel mostly. I thought, well, it would be interesting to try and attach a magnet to the element and then the contact mic would hold itself. It could just be left there, freeing up my hands and freeing up me to not be as close to it when recording and monitoring it. I tested this by buying a couple of neodymium magnets about the size of a 10 pence piece and just got some PV tape, wrapped it around the contact mic element and it worked a treat. It meant that it didn't scratch the element. It could be taken off when I didn't want to use the magnet because they are very strong and they can interfere with certain things depending on how close they are, particularly electronics. But all in all, using magnets to attach the contact elements to the chosen materials was a real success. After testing the contact mics, making sure they're all working and can be used in the way that I wanted to, the next plan would be to combine them with acoustic mics so to get sound in space as well as sound through objects. The aim is to use the combination of these two sound collection methods to collect the sonics from within a barrel room. So as I mentioned earlier, the fermentation of juices in barrels, bubbles coming up through liquid and emanating out of air traps. So the way to catch the vibration of the barrel and the sound in space would be to use a combination of an acoustic mic and the contact mic, which is something that I'll be experimenting with. Thoughts on future use. So after building initially two contact mic elements and buffers, I went on to build a third. So I had enough options to be able to deploy them throughout a particular space and capture multiple fermentations going on in separate barrels at the same time. This is something that I will be experimenting with and I'll be writing up more on this and speaking more about this as and when it happens. Sunshine, sunshine.